Hey you, yeah you, click the subscribe button. You are listening to the Ill-Advised Wise Guys podcast starring UJ and QDZ. Yo, 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 we are the Ill-Advised Wise Guys, it's your boy UJ, I got my boy QDZ for CZ, it's way too easy. Beautiful, breezy, beautiful girls, or whatever the hell that thing is called. AKA the Widow's Peak Bandit. AKA Q did. Q did. <laughs> okay. Did. Okay. I like the energy. I like it. Wait, so are you are you trying to say that you are God? No, is, is that what you're saying? God was the only it, one that did. I mean, you did. Jay did. If Jay did, I did too. We but all Jay did. is Hover. But Jay is Hover. Yeah, that's blasphemous. Hey, listen, Jay, that's what they say. That is very <laughs> blasphemous. Jay Hover. Jay. Listen, anyway, we're going to get to that potentially. Gosh. This is episode 120, I think nine. 129. 129. 129. Yes, sir. Uh, appreciate y'all for joining. This is your first time rocking with us. Thank you so much for joining. If not, if you don't like our face, if you don't like the 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 shirt that QD has on, feel free to leave. If you don't like the shirt I have on, if you don't like the glasses, I don't give a damn. Feel free to get up out of here, man. We we only rock with the real ones, okay? It's the real ones who are down with the wise gang, all right? That's what this is about. I mean, there's no way. That's what this is about. The bling bling you got on, there's no way they can't like that. Look at that bling bling. Hey, what do you mean? This is fake. Bling bling. Every time I don't wear ring around your city. <laughs> this is this is ling ling. This is minus the B. This is just this is not real. It's not real shit. Why, Come why, on, why, you can't why, say why? you can't you can't put that out there, man. I don't wear freaking real jewelry, man. I'm, I'm cheap. I'm cheap. Well, so what is that? Rhinestones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Hey, listen. Anyway, uh, thank you guys. Like I said, for joining the uh, the episode of the Ill Advised Wise Guys podcast, we have a ton of topics to get to you guys in a few. Uh, but before we do, Q, how are you feeling, man? How are you feeling? This is prime time. This is a prime time episode, man. You know how we do. We normally record during the day when the sun is out, the birds is chirping. You know how it is, man. We here in prime time, man. I feel like I feel like the Super Bowl is is about to start, man. Is that how you feel or no? Uh, no, hell no. no? You talking about oh, you prime on, time? Man. Get your game up. Hey, when you start getting older, prime time only that 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 just means you had to go through a whole day of work <laughs> to get to where you are now. I'm not as fresh. I need a sub. I actually have a substitute for this episode. Like. Do you? They subbing in at halftime. <laughs> Who? Uh, Kid Cudi? <laughs> Who's the sub? Uh, Kid Cudi, yeah, right. The person has to look like you, right? Or or no? No, hell no. What are you talking about? I got a I, I, sub. I got a freaking Lithuanian right now about to come in right now. Oh, and, oh and, Jesus and, Christ. And kill it. Kill it. <laughs> they about to kill it. Yo, man. Hey. Well, he going to get dunked on too, man. Listen, I'm, I'm killing all y'all. You and the sub that's going to be on this episode. We got a lot of topics. So I'm, I'm killing you on now. every topic. It's, this is it's, the bait. It's a body. It's a body, bro. Okay. It's a body. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, you know, you got to talk shit, man. Why not? Um. Anyway, man, let's let's jump right into it, man. Uh, 
church announcements, man. I don't want to waste too much time on this episode, man. You know, I do. I think we do a lot of yapping before the episode starts. I'm trying to cut cut back on that, you know. Girl, let's let's do that. Whatever you say, you like a criminal. You look like what did I do? You look what like Jay Prince. You got a black shirt and a chain. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, sir. Oh shit! Wait. <laughs> you look like you you just had somebody in a chokehold before you got here. Yo, I look like remember that Martin episode with the dog, the Nino Definitely. Brown. Definitely. <laughs> All I need is my real dog. <laughs> uh, that wasn't no real dog. Cole, Cole, sit your five dollar ass down. Now where my CD player? Hey, oh, by the way, a, that's hey, a classic episode. Yo, speaking of Martin, man, I listen, I, I appreciate y'all for making that clip that we put up on uh Instagram go viral, man, because you know, that was an impromptu combo you brought up on the last episode. Somehow you tied it back to something we were talking about, but like I told you, Martin was the better, was the funnier show. And and as you saw from the comments, if you did read it, I that did. was the overwhelming yeah. response. I mean, yeah, I was, man. I, 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 I think I texted you on the side. I said, I was playing devil's advocate on that one. Of course, I know Martin was the funnier show. But, you know, I, I actually, you know, I, I went on a little Will Smith binge, like funniest parts of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I was like, yo, Will Smith was actually legit funny, man. Like, he was legit funny. But, nah, Martin was definitely. Funny. I think Martin was definitely funnier. But Will Smith that was, was cool, man. We, man. Got, we, got, we got some fans. We got some and That was fire. People. I love people disagreeing with me. As long as nobody it. calls me ugly, you know, I'm, I'm, it's a win. Well, you know, a couple people did. But, you know, who's counting? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, who's counting? Uh, let's jump right into this, man. Church announcers, man. Listen, shout out to the people who made the Zero Skips playlist. You know, we got a couple new submissions, a couple new additions. Uh, Zero Skips playlist streaming right now on Spotify. Um, I think this week we got two songs that we highlighted. One was by um, a gentleman out of, uh, I think, London named Savvy, mm. um, who dropped a song called Dr. Sebi, which I thought was really, really fire and uh, really interesting, too. Especially the messaging in the video, all dope. And then the second song was by a group named Cloud City out of LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they dropped a song called Maybe You're the Reason. Y'all go stream Maybe You're the Reason right now. I had to make sure to get that right because that song is dope. Really, really dope. So shout out to them brothers. If you're an uh, indie artist and you would like to get on the Zero Skips playlist, make sure to hit us in our DM or send us an email and we'll see if we can make that happen. Make sure you like this episode, stream the episode, subscribe to our YouTube channel. I think we're almost at 300 subscribers, man, on YouTube. So salute to y'all for rocking with the clips, rocking with the episodes, rocking with the shorts that we've been putting out. And uh, yeah, man. Q. Hey, do what he says. This guy, yeah. this guy or is, else. has Rico's all over his resume. Uh, but anyway, check out Radius Gay Music dot com. RGM. You know, we don't got no reviews. We don't have no album reviews this week. But, you know, next week there's some pretty cool stuff. Ari Lennox drops next week. I'm looking forward to that. But check us out still. You know, we're doing some good stuff there. Check me out on Twitter and Instagram. QDZ. Fosheezy on Twitter, I believe, on Instagram. I am the widow speak bandit i switch it all the time right so just check me out just google me whatever are you sure you're going to show up in the google search that's that's the real question you, are you sure you want people to do that of course not 
Okay. Just, just try it. Yo, listen, if people, Google you, if people Google you, they may be disturbed at what they find. I, they may see some criminal background. <laughs> they may, I don't know, man. Are you sure you want people to do that? <laughs> hey, 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 listen. <laughs> hey, listen. I'm not the first criminal you listen to. Didn't y'all listen to Donald Trump during the pandemic? <laughs> hey, listen. Anyway, sorry. Hey, this is this is just going. This is just going left. Can we just start the topics, please? <laughs> I would love to start the topics. I'm bro. paid to. I'm paid to to do topics. I'm not paid. Yo, to listen. Wait, entertain. wait, wait. You get paid? Damn, that's oh, crazy. You damn right. Yeah, that's Is crazy, it the man. We Dream, Dream Vision Google AdSense we, up? We need to talk to the bosses, man. This guy get paid. I'm cents, not. That's crazy. Ten cents an hour, bro. A- anywho, uh, so anyway, so we're gonna start this episode off by talking about artists versus labels, and also, you know, when when record contracts are signed, who's at fault for making sure the deal is correct? You know, we've seen too many people, whether it's the artist side or the label side, come out and tell people, you know, damn, I wish I would have restructured the deal some way in some form or fashion. We're going to talk about that, man. There's so many examples to bring up, but I think that's going to be an interesting conversation. After that, we're going to compare and contrast DJ Drama versus DJ Khaled. Who would win in a versus? Not even just a versus battle, but in general... We've seen DJ Drama dominate the mixtape game. We've seen him dominate the uh, the underground game for years. It was so bad the the, the authorities had to get involved because they were like, "This guy's killing it too much in the mixtape era." You know, they arrested him and his crew. Un- luckily, they were able to get out of that. But we've also seen DJ DJ uh, Khaled dominate the singles and the more commercial scene for the longest. But I think though that these guys may be more alike. Than you guys may think. So we're gonna see who who's actually the better out of the two, or the greater out of the two, if they were to go on the verses. And then uh, after that, we're gonna talk about why hip hop is the only genre that seemingly highlights first week sales. I think it's really interesting that uh, you know. Not hip hop is clearly not the only people to put out music. I mean, there's people dropping albums left and right, but for some odd reason, anytime a rapper drops an album, we have to know how much the first week album sales were. Personally, I find that a little odd. You know, you never hear Ariana Grande's first week sales, never hear Harry Styles' first week sales, you never hear R&B artists' first week sales like that. It's only in hip hop. We're gonna do a little deep dive on that in a, in a few. But first, we're going to kick off the show by talking about can drill stand the test of time? Drill music, that is. You know, obviously, drill music is not new. We've seen Chief Keith and company, you know, come up in the whole Chicago scene in the early 2010s, dominate that wave, inspire a whole um, world, if you will. At this point, I can, I, I can genuinely say that. With the you know with the expansion of drill in Europe and in and, and various places in the U.S., but we've seen a new side of drill recently with uh, with the Bronx wave, right? And how they've influenced and introduced um, samples to the to the landscape. Um, even though Fabio Foreign is not from the Bronx, 
I know he's from Brooklyn, if I'm not mistaken. He seemingly is the guy, right, in this country as far as how people are looking at drill commercially and internationally. So, Q, I know this is something that you you feel some type of way about. You know, is drill a sound that you feel can last? Or do you think it's a fly-by-night and it's going to be out of here in a few years? What are your thoughts? My thoughts or thoughts? What are my thoughts? We've been through, we've been through this, man. Your thoughts? Your anyway, thoughties? sorry. Good. Anyway. Thoughties. Um, So, Fabio. Right now, Fabio is holding it down. Um, and I think Fabio is showing uh, from, you know, song to song. He's showing that drill can go to another level. It can shift to another gear. And that's what I love about Fabio. He's... You know, putting people in positions to succeed on drill songs, like you know the song that he has with Coyle Ray and um, Coyle Ray and uh, Chloe, right? Chloe and Chloe is doing pretty good. You know, he put them in the drill environment and they succeeded. Thought it was Queen Nigel on that record. Oh, know? was it Queen Nigel? Okay, Queen Nigel. My bad. The no Beyonce wonder. flip. I was talking about the same. You talking about the same. My name. Yeah, that's that's okay, that's Queen Nigel. You know what? It's funny. I was I was listening to it on the radio and I was like, wait, Chloe? Wow, like she she sounds different. But anyway, he put Queen Nigel and and Coyle Ray in positions to succeed. Um, and then he linked up with the Kid Leroy. So like he's doing it to where you know he's he's making it more of a universal sound. That's that's one thing I like about Fabio Foreign a lot. Um, but in my opinion, pop artists are starting to use the sound. R&B artists are starting to use the how. Hip-hop artists are starting to use the sound. There's something about the beats. There's an element in the beats that I think actually has longevity. Like, you know how trap... There's elements of trap that has longevity. There's elements of trap that you hear on commercials. Trap is never going to go away. You're always going to hear elements of it, you know, from time to time. Trap has now transformed uh, into several different variations. Like, I've seen acid trap. I've seen country trap. Like, there's a certain element in the genre or subgenre that people like and people are using. And I think there's a certain element in drill that definitely works. Now, at the same time, I do not want to fall prisoner of the moment because, you know, reggae music was big at one point. It seems like, you know, a popular artist in the hip hop community and stuff like that kind of pushed it aside for the most part. Afro pop music is big. They kind of push sort of that sound. I mean, there's still like those Fireboy DMLs that are linking up with these other pop artists. I get that. But for the most part, Afropop, the wave has gone down a little bit in, in the U.S. So I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I do think drill has elements that makes it something that can be here for a long ass time. I really do. Am I going to put my house on it? No. But I am definitely confident. And and you're going to see it. Now, the question is, will it be completely infiltrated is the question. Like, will there be a Justin Bieber-like pop artist that, you know, drops a bunch of songs that have drill in it 
and people start tying it to a certain person because I'm not exactly sure Drill is tied to Fabio Foreign. I'm not sure. I, I know he does it a lot. It was tied to Pop Smoke at the time, but I since then, a lot of people have, have touched it. Will it be tied to a certain person and then it skyrockets from there is the question. And if a pop artist gets their hand on it and blows up from there, oh man, who knows? This drill, the the all in all, drills, I guess drills potential is endless to me. It's endless to me. And I like it. I like it. Mm. I like the Bronx drill, whatever so, you call it, where they, they start mixing like Bruno Mars songs. <laughs> right, What's that I mean, joint? The joint, uh, to the moon. Yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds so, so tight. So that guy. Like you the know, mushy so, fans, the mushy fans and the gritty fans unite. The freaking, you know, man. Anyway, sorry. You know, it was. You know what's interesting, man? You know, I, we've had this combo before, like weeks ago. Uh, months ago, actually, I think it was. And uh, you're, you're saying a lot of the same thing, so I kind of already knew where you were going to stand on this. You know, to me, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I don't know if Drill, at least what we've heard of Drill so far, I don't think that that is the type of sound that's going to last. Now, don't get me wrong. 100% on point. Uh, I, I'm on board. I believe in the the sample-driven uh, wave that's happening in the Bronx, uh, Bronx Drill wave. And the reason I'm saying that is because that's, from my understanding, through my research, that is where the introduction of the sampling started happening. I'm talking about the... The B loves the K flocks the the P, the the new wave of drill coming out of the Bronx that they're the ones that kind of introduced that um, at least made it popping in this country and you're right the guy named whatever his name is but the to the moon guy he's from the UK he's from the UK you're on mute by the way he's from the UK and so what's interesting about drill is that that bi coastal marriage. I do think that if if there's anything that is going to help drill maintain, it's the fact that you know typically when you have a sound, especially when hip hop has a major sound, it's regional, then it becomes national, but it's never really respected internationally like drill has. That is the one thing that maybe if I'm going to make your argument more stronger, it's the fact that. This is a sound that's more internationally driven where it's undeniable. When you got the England, UK, there's a Central C. If you guys know who Central C is, he's a dude that's getting a lot of play in the US and he's from London, Central right? C. Because he's a part of that drill wave and, and because it's so closely tied with New York drill, right? Specifically Bronx drill, which is having a moment right now. You have the people out in London and England shining in the U.S. So I do think that bodes well for Drill. Personally, the only way that I think that Drill is going to continue to make make its way is if they keep evolving the sound. Because I, I think that, unfortunately, what happens a lot of times when... When, when, when these type of sounds get more popping universally, they have to get watered down. And I know that sounds bad. Because who wants anything watered down? Listen, I look, look, 
I like my beer. I love beer. I would never want to have a flat beer. I never want to have watered down beer. Can you imagine beer with ice in it? It's trash. You want to immediately get rid of it, right? Can you imagine a mixed drink that has ice that melted? It's no longer good. Anything that's watered down typically is not good. But unfortunately, if you want a sound to grow internationally, start to get blended with different sounds, whether it's the pop artist, you know, the Kid Leroy's who's who's kind of adjacent to rap, you know, it's going to have to take a turn sound wise and start to get, inf- uh, 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 you know, mixed with other genres. So that to me is the way that drill will stay alive. We'll see if that happens, though. We'll see. I mean, the question is, do you like drill? Like, I mean, I think we all talk about drill, you know, glowingly. We're like, you know, we like this song or we like that song. But do you actually like drill? Because in my opinion, okay, this is my basic opinion of drill. When I first started listening to drill, I thought all the beats sounded the same. Like... You know, I thought they they just it was hard to tell the difference and what made it special. But then when different variations of drill started to come out, when I started to listen to drill more and more, other artists started to toy with it. Then I was like, okay, all right, I see. I see it's a pill. But at the end of the day, is it still a sound that you like? Is it is a sound that you think has a, a, a sustainability for the long term you know what i mean so that's tough man because you're talking to somebody right now who i don't uh, drill is not my favorite sound i'm just gonna be honest with you it's not my favorite sound do i like drill records of course there's a bunch of joints that i like there's a ton of drill artists that i like as well but i would be lying to you if if i didn't tell you that a lot of these drill rappers sound the same over these beats. A lot of the production sounds very, the drum patterns sound very similar. It's to the point where it's very difficult to distinguish in a one artist from the next. Let's be real. I don't care how long you've been listening to drill. They were saying, they're saying that about melodic rap. They're saying it about trap rap. They say, oh man, they're all rapping the same. It's not a knock. It's just more so to say that the ones who decide to or figure out how to like cut through and do something different over these drill beats typically are the ones who win and who shine the most. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's just where we are right now in drill, right? There's a lot of people making a lot of similar sounds. They're rapping exactly the same, but when they add a little twist, they're the ones who are going to stand out. I'll give you a little example right now. Um, There's a girl who's blowing up right now. Uh, her name is Ice Spice. She has this viral song out of uh, I think she's from the Bronx, if I'm not mistaken. Um, viral song that she that that is called Munch. That's the name of the song. It's called Munch. A bunch of people are starting to notice her. Drake just you know shot her DM. This is all over everywhere. People are starting to rock with her. Right? She's coming up. I think that number one, you don't see a lot of women in drill that are killing it. So I think she automatically stands out because she is somebody who's she's adding her own flavor to a to a sound that is heavily dominated by men. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's stuff like that. It's like either the woman are going to do it great or it's going to be somebody who who sings over the over the drill song. There has to be somebody who does something different to stand out. I think that's kind of where we are with drill, in my opinion. 
Like there has to be something different. And, and, and that's where I think Fabio Foreign, I give him some credit because he is starting to do some things. Like that song with him and uh, the Kid Leroy, I thought it was actually pretty unique. Like hearing the Kid Leroy like over that drill beat, uh, you mm-hmm. know, do his whole like, you know, you know, swagged out Australian vibe you know, over it <laughs> was definitely something that was unique. And I, I, and I like that Honestly, song. I had, that was where I actually had the question to myself after hearing that song. Cause when we went to New York, that's when I brought yep. it up. I was like, yo, I actually really like that song. I like it. It's enjoyable to listen to, but I also think it pushes drill forward. But you know, at the end of the day is the sound good though. Yo, it it's crazy, bro. Yo, like, I'm a, like I'm a, we, yo, we yo, can talk about sounds. You know, we can talk about sounds all day, right? We can talk about how this person changed this the, the game in this way, or we can talk about this. But like, I didn't always love every hip hop sound. Like personally, I don't love the Detroit sound. You know, I I don't love it. I think it's me neither. Good, and me I, neither. I I think when some people do it the right way. It's dope, like T Grizzly. I don't love that sound, you know? I don't love it either. So it's okay to not love a sound, but it's popping. You know what I mean? I don't Correct. I, I've not always loved the I, hey. Hey, I wanna I wanna be okay when I go to LA. <laughs> but I don't love that you know when they do the LA I know exactly like, you know what's funny you know what's funny? Trump, you bring it trumping sound. I don't bro, love that sound. Bro, you know you're I mean? bringing up LA because it was interesting is I see a lot of connections between the Detroit sound and, and the LA. LA sound. Yeah, yeah. And when I say LA, I mean like yeah. the Bay. Yeah. There's a lot of oh, people. There is. There they is. sound very similar. The the production is the same. The way the dudes are rapping over these beats, they're very similar. Personally, that's not something that I gravitate towards. Sometimes I see the appeal, but that's not something I personally gravitate to. But you know how this goes, man. It's one thing for you to like something. It's another thing for the world to like it. Exactly. Exactly. So your opinion may be insignificant if the world starts to rock with the drill sound, right? Yeah. So is that where you are? Are you saying that you like it? You like drill? I need your firm answer. You like drills or you don't like drill? It's a tough one. I like it. I like it. I like it. And I only started liking it when I started hearing those mashups where people were taking like pop songs and mashing it with drill sounds. That's when I confidently said I like the sound. But before that, like when it was just like, you know, just a couple of drill artists doing it, I didn't love the sound. I didn't love it. Like I thought it sounded, I I didn't think it sounded as dynamic as other sounds. You know what I mean? But now when you start adding it with the, maybe that was it. Like we needed to hear it mashed up with pop stuff for it to get to that next level. But, you know, I'm curious to see. Hey, bro, like I told you before, man, when we, this last thing before we move on, the worst thing that's going to happen for drills right now, as they keep sampling, is when they run out of samples, interesting samples. You said that. You when they run out of, right now, they on 2000s right now. You notice all the, all the, all the beats right now are 2000, <laughs> 2000 samples because, you know, you got to think about it. Like these yeah, are the songs yeah. that the kids grew up on. Like, oh yeah, for sure. For you sure. got 19, 20 year olds who like sure, were kids sure. when, when them for joints sure. dropped. When they run out of songs, I, I, we'll see what happens then. I mean, you know, maybe you know, maybe Drill will be on top for years at, by that point, but we'll, they, we'll see. 
they just need to uh, just listen to Sean Kingston's first album, his <laughs> Sean Kingston self-titled album. Just, self-titled. Just literally take every song from that album and 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 make a drill beat out of it. We can go, go through to the slums where we killers get hung. Shawty, I can there. take you there. I to can take, take you, you there. Let's go. What? You go. Take you there. I can take you there. <laughs> hey, I love that album. Yeah, I love it too. Next man. topic. Uh, Diddy. So, Puff Daddy, Diddy, Papa Diddy, Pop, P Diddy, Love, whatever you want to call him. He actually received a Lifetime Achievement Award at BET on the BET Awards. I didn't watch the BET Awards. I don't know about you, by the way. I don't be watching those awards no more. Uh, BET Awards, MTV Awards. And, it hey, just bro. annoys me, bro. It, hey, I bro, I'm going to be honest with you. Real quick, mm-hmm. I don't either, but after Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, I, I, I'm, I'm a little tempted now. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> damn, what the fuck am I missing? I might be missing something, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you might miss a slap or like, you know, somebody getting punched. I, I don't know. Look, you you'll watch it on YouTube. Continue. I didn't see True. it. I didn't see it live on the Oscars. I actually saw it on Yahoo. Or actually my sister texted me. She said, she said, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I, I just woke up. I was like, wait, what am I reading? Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Then I saw it. I still didn't think it was real. Yeah, I was like, oh, man. this is staged. What a what a good staging performance. But anyway, Diddy got a lifetime achievement award. Actually, you know what? I wanna, I wanna. Before I, I, I talk about this topic, I got a question, a burning question. We're talking about all those cities, right? How do you pronounce some of these cities? Like, is it Maryland? Is it Maryland? Or is it Merlin? Maryland, Maryland, or Merlin? Well, first off, that's a that's a state, my brother, not a city. Sorry, state, uh, just state. You just just want to point that out. Uh, <laughs> you, maybe you didn't go to maybe you didn't go to school and uh, get educated, uh, but uh, <laughs> that's true. I, look, it depends on who you ask, right? It depends. What do you Listen, say? I say I say Maryland, Maryland. Okay, that's so how it's, I. So say it's it. not Maryland. I'm not saying what it's not. I'm telling you how I say it. <laughs> I don't know what the correct pronunciation is. Okay, so you say we Maryland. may need to go ask. Listen, let's go ask the creator of Maryland. Who's who is that person? Sir Maryland a lot. Sir Maryland a lot. <laughs> okay, so then okay, Chicago is it Chicago, Chicago, no, or Chicago? No, actually, it's neither of the three. Really? So it's first off, it's Chicago. Which Chicago. is which is That's a true. native which is a Native American it's a Native American tribe. It's Chicago. Go look Chicago. it up. Chicago. Go look it up. Chicago. No cap. So all go look people, it up. So all these people on O Block are saying it wrong? Listen. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Chicago, okay. You 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 would think people where they from would you would think people who live in that area would know how to pronounce where they're from, but yeah, that's not how it works okay. all the time. You know last, you know how this goes. Last one. Is it New Orleans? New Orleans? 
or Nolens. New Orleans, New Orleans, or Nolens. Yo, what, is this is this a game of Jeopardy? I kind of like this, man. Uh, I'm going to go with neither of the three once again. That's <laughs> okay. my answer. How do you say it? You need to give. The, you need to leave room for neither. Okay, it's A, B, C, or okay. D. Okay, neither. Pick. So I'm going to go D. It's it's Nolens. Nolens. That sounds like Birdman. I'm from New Orleans, baby. So it's, Nolan, not, you heard? so it's not New Orleans. Nah, it's from New from New Orleans. You heard me? I was just you curious. Heard me? I've always been curious about stuff like that, you know. But anyway, uh, back to the topic. I don't know what that had to do with anything, but I hope this we were ties. We're talking to about something. cities. We're talking about San Francisco, Detroit, and all that. And I was like, you know, all these people have certain ways they say their cities' names. So I was like, you know what? There's a couple that I'm conflicted on, but. Okay. Bad news, Virginia, by the way. It's bad news. Bad news. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Uh, Diddy. Diddy. <laughs> Diddy. Diddy. Uh, Diddy got a Lifetime Achievement Award at the BET Awards. And it's interesting because Diddy's history as a record, record executive is actually a little shaky. Like, there's actually history of people that was on his label that complained about not getting paid or him doing people dirty. And so the question is, you know, did he deserve... I think he deserved the Lifetime Achievement Award. That's not a question at all. Diddy is great. Like, the fact that he was able to build what he did, it's amazing. He deserved the Lifetime Achievement Award. But people do feel some type of way because of how Diddy did some of his people on Bad Boy. So it's like, to me, I understand that, you know, Diddy is a businessman and I understand that he's going to write the contracts so it's favorable to himself. But is there still a moral obligation for Diddy to 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 do right by the artist that he signed. Is there still like should should we demonize Diddy because some of these artists maybe didn't read their contract? I'm not saying this is the case for Mace or Locks or whatever. I'm just saying like should we demonize these people, these record labels for creating these contracts that are clearly shaky? Or should we demonize the artists for not actually reading their contracts? So, you know, what do you think about everything I just said? That hodgepodge of stuff I just said. Yeah. So I'll put it like this. I want to, before I answer your question, I want to take a step back because this is not just about Diddy. Really, I think this topic is about artists and labels. And also, like, who, whose responsibility is it to kind of, and I'm paraphrasing basically what you said, like, whose responsibility is it to ensure that the contract that is signed is appropriate, right? To me, that's the million-dollar question. Unfortunately, it's not a very simple answer, in my opinion, because just like anything in business, there's always multiple sides, right? 
And I think that everybody has their own wants and needs that go into the deal, right? Like, you know, I look, look, you and I, we watch NFL, we watch basketball, we watch sports, right? Like, they do trades all the time, right? There's trades that happen literally every day. Matter of fact, we were just talking about the Donovan Mitchell trade, right? To me, and I'll talk about sports, okay? I'm going to jump right back, though, I promise. To me, when these trades are evaluated, the person who wins the trade is the one who got the better value. Now, the, the beautiful thing about two teams who deal with each other, who know what they're doing, typically both teams got what they wanted, right? Like both teams got something valuable out of, it, out of the deal. And so that typically happens when you're dealing with two people who know what they're doing. Unfortunately, now I'll tie this back to music. When you're dealing with a Diddy or a record label executive who is offering a record deal to somebody who doesn't have money and who just wants to be on and who just wants to get their name out and wants to get fame, wants to you know have all of the acclaim that comes with being a star, they don't have the leverage in order to negotiate a deal that will be in their full favor, more so than the label executive. And that's kind of where I'm at with this, right? And I think... As we've as we've kind of seen in 2021 and 2022 now and moving forward, you know, I think that the way people are getting signed and the way people are getting like these younger artists, they're getting uh, deals and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of uh, work that these artists have to do on their on the you know by themselves. They have to build their own brand. They have to create content. They have to make their own music. They have to build a fan base before a label even decides to even want to work with you. And I think that if you're an artist out there and you're and you're trying to become big, you should probably get a lawyer. You should probably get a get a business manager. You should probably get somebody who can vouch for you and who can negotiate terms in your deal that will work in your favor. Because unfortunately, what happens a lot of times is, and we've seen so many cases. I'm not making this up. We see Megan Thee Stallion argue with her 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 label, 1501, Carl Crawford and them. We've seen Lil Uzi Vert with Generation Now, you know, DJ Drama's record label. We've seen so many examples of artists come out and complain, talking about, I don't think the deal that I signed initially is fair to me now that I blew up. I think it's, I think it's a little, it's not cool for you to come back around. I'm okay with re- re- renegotiating. That part makes perfect sense. But don't tell me that you, we should feel sorry for you because you didn't, you didn't know what you were signing. When you first signed that, signed your record, I'm sorry, signed your signature on that deal. That to me is a little, a little, I think it's going a little bit too far. I think these, these artists need to take a little bit more responsibility for what they're signing. Because at the end of the day, someone with money who is a record label is going to offer you something. It's about what you're willing to accept. And if your terms are not met in that deal, and you're not comfortable with it, and it compromises your moral integrity, then maybe you should walk away. Now, now, hear me out. Now, now, before you say something, before you say something, I, I don't know where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. I want to tie this right back to Diddy, because now, now let's go to Diddy. Diddy got a lifetime achievement award, right? Diddy's being praised for his contribution to hip hop and just music overall. So many artists like uh, like Mace. 
have come out, the locks. It's been so many people who have who said Diddy jerked me in my contract and this, that, and the third. Birdman is another one included in this. There's so many examples in hip hop. Are we gonna act like it's all Diddy's fault for the agreement that was signed by the artist and the label? To me, I think it's just an easy scapegoat. It's easy to blame the person who gave you the deal. It's so easy to blame them, but it's it's so hard to put your to put to to point the finger at yourself and be like, "Damn, yo, I didn't have a lawyer. I actually didn't know what I was doing when I signed that deal. I didn't know what I was doing. Damn, I wish I would have knew." Why don't why don't we ever look at the artist like that and say and say, "Man, like maybe you should have got a lawyer. Well, in the fact that you didn't, maybe that's the reason why you're in a deal that's not favorable to you as of today. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, so that's the funny thing, right? So I'm starting to think that in order to become a billionaire or whatever Diddy is, he's close to a billion, in order to become a billionaire or a super duper multi-millionaire, you do got to finesse, right? A little bit. I think finessing comes with the game. Like every single person, or let me not say every single person. There's some people that did it, you know, without finessing. But a good chunk of the people that are in high positions today had to do some type of finessing to get there. Let's be honest with ourselves. They, they they had to. Like, whether it's, okay, we this person's worth 120K, but we're going to pay them 100K. If they start complaining, we're going to start doing signing bonuses. Like, you have to finesse to get to the top. It, oh, sorry. That's the question. Do you have to have some form of finessing to get to the top? I mean, come on, man. Let's be real. Number one. Number two, maybe that deal was favorable at the time. Like, because Diddy, you know, the thing about hip hop is a lot of times the people with these record labels are dealing with poor black people. Let's just call it how it is. People from the hood, poor black people trying to make it out. Rappers, they don't really got anything. When they see a deal, they're like, okay. 80 20. We're going to take 80. You take 20. 20% is better than nothing. So when they make this deal, they're like, oh, at least I get 20%. I ain't got nothing. I'm going home to nothing. So at the time, it probably sounds like a good deal. But as it ages, it starts to look bad because here's the thing. Did he, let's say for Mace, right? Did he took a chance on Mace? That was an investment. The thing is, Mace blew up. So whatever initial deal Puff Daddy gave Mace at the time, it did not, It at the end of the day, it was going to hurt if he blew up. You get what I'm saying? Like, notice how most people complain are the ones that are actually, that blew up. There are situations where labels signed somebody and they were lazy. I put money into this artist. This artist didn't show up to shows. This artist doesn't go to the studio. 
et cetera, et cetera. That was investments that they lost. Nobody talks about that. What we talk about is, you know, an artist signed a deal when they were 19 and they were nobody. And then now they're megastars and they are underpaid. So it's like, I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, Diddy should lowball anybody or that Diddy finessing is the way to go. But what I'm trying to say is things change. Situations change. And I'm sure when Diddy signed Mace as much and, and listen, first and foremost, it saddens me that Mace and Diddy are going through this for real, for real. It saddens me. It sucks because I love both of them. Because of both of them, I love hip-hop. Because they were like really my introduction to hip-hop. It saddens me still to this day, Mace is cussing out Diddy. But to the defense of Diddy, he didn't know Mace was going to be a megastar. Whenever Mace signed that contract, Diddy had to do some work on his end to even get him to where he is. So, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know. It's a catch-22. It's like, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. I listen, listen, more importantly, we want to know what you guys think. Like, you know, who whose responsibility is it for the contract to be right? Is it the artist or the label? Or is it a combination of both? You guys chime in. Let us know on social media. Let us know where you guys get, get in contact with us normally. And uh, we shall go from there. Next topic. We got a comparison game today. You know, I think this is what the people want, man. I think I think I think it's only right, you know, to compare a few guys who to me have a lot of respect in the game. They've they put in a lot of work. Respect or respect? Respect with a T, bro. Respect. No. No, no, no. Respect. <laughs> Needs to be put on both of these guys' names. I'm talking about DJ Drama and DJ Khaled. Interestingly enough, you know, everyone these days wants to talk about, you know, verses. And, you know, that seems to be the conversation these days. Anytime somebody's talking about a legacy act, they always want to know, hey, man, who would they go up against? Who would win? You know, they did it for Usher. They did it for Chris Brown. You know, they did it for DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled said he would he he would face anybody. They did it for DJ Drama. I firmly believe that this will be a good battle. DJ Drama versus DJ Khaled going hit for hit. Q, tell me, like, don't give me your politically correct answer. G- give me your firm answer. Who do you believe would actually two two things? Who do you believe would win in a versus battle? And then also two. The second question is, who out of the two, in your opinion, has had a better career as a personality, as a musical executive, whatever it is these two gentlemen do, who do you think has actually advanced more and has had who's done more things? DJ Khaled is the answer to both. Mm. DJ Khaled would win at versus because DJ Khaled has always attached himself to star power. Like, you know, DJ Khaled was always, his mission was always to make hits. 
like DJ Drama's mission was to, you know, take your favorite artist and turn them to a street legend. Like, and, you know, subsequently you do get some hits with with the street aspect. But, like, DJ Khaled can play songs with Justin Bieber. DJ Khaled can play songs with Beyonce. Shining, 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 shining. Yeah, like, DJ Khaled has several Jay-Z features on his albums. So, DJ Khaled will win a versus. It's all good, though. Like, DJ Khaled will win a versus. DJ Drama will put up a, a, a pretty decent fight. Um, and in terms of careers, I mean, DJ Khaled wins that once again, just cause DJ Khaled was able to, you know, span like his, 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 his influence is outside of music. Like DJ Khaled, people forget DJ Khaled was like King of Snapchat at one point. Like DJ Khaled's Snapchats were must see tv i guess we need to come up with like a new term like musty tv is, <laughs> is outdated it was musty social media dj Khaled yeah. was must musty content exactly musty content dj Khaled was musty content on snapchat yeah and then you know people really recognize him for his boisterous personality his catchphrases and things like that so dj Khaled probably clears dj drama however Mm. The question, I think the better question is, which career would you rather have? Would you rather have a DJ Drama's career or would you rather have DJ Khaled where DJ Drama was more of a, you know, DJ Khaled is probably living, or sorry, DJ Drama is probably living more of a regular life. Like DJ Drama can probably go to the grocery store and people will be like, hey, aren't you that guy from the Tyler, the Creator album? But then like they leave him alone. DJ Khaled at this point is a superstar. I believe he actually he has like a star on the walk of fame and yep, he does with such you know clout you're not living a normal life like he's not a normal dj and i don't think dj Khaled will ever get the recognition he deserves as a dj like for instance i'll give you a good example uh, uh shout out to on this day in hip hop. The other day, you know, I was looking at one of the posts that he put of ours, you know, about the DJ uh the DJ tags and we're oh, like yeah, how yeah, DJ yeah. tags back For in the sure. day yeah, yeah, and I was yeah, reading absolutely. the comments and most people in the comments were saying don't include DJ Khaled when you talk about DJs. There's the DJ K Slays, there's the DJ Dramas, there's the DJ um, you know, Funk Flex and all those people don't include DJ Khaled in that. I'm curious to know how DJ Khaled feels. Like, does DJ Khaled feel that passionately about, you know, being a DJ to where he gets insulted when somebody says you're not a real DJ? Or is it one of those things where he was like, you know, whatever, I got money. So to me, if my goal was to be the best DJ Ever, I don't think I want DJ Khaled's career. But if my goal was to just be like, yo, I want to make an impact on the music from a grandiose standpoint, oh yeah, DJ Khaled's career is, is popping. Oh, mm. that's, that's a good one. That's, you know, it's funny, man. As you're talking, I'm thinking, and I'm like, you know, you said a couple interesting things. Number one, 
you're right. I mean, drama is not as world renowned as a as a uh, personality. I'll call him. I'll call him that. Then then Khaled is Khaled is literally the the pinnacle of marketing a brand. Being an influencer, like literally, he does it better than I think anybody else. I, 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 I'm telling you, you would be hard pressed oh, yeah. to find somebody who markets their own personal brand oh, yeah. better than DJ Khaled is or Khaled has done. And so, from that standpoint, you're right, man. Uh, he's probably more of the rock star. He's probably, you know, somebody who can't really go and live a regular life 100%. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, man. Oh, before I say what I'm about to say, to answer your question before, mm-hmm. Khaled absolutely gets insulted about not being recognized as a DJ. How do I know that? Because I've heard him on interviews, whether it was the Drink Champs interview he just did. You know, he puts a lot of a lot of emphasis on the fact that, yeah, y'all know me as the personality now. But, like, I get busy and I used to get busy. And anybody mm. who knows me knows that I'm that dude. Like, that's how he talks. Mm. And so, obviously, you and I didn't grow up in Miami. We, we were not of the age group that was around when Khaled was doing his thing as a DJ. He still DJs, obviously, now. But, like, yeah. the people who know, know, right? And that's really what Khaled is really getting at. And I think that uh, I know, like that. Know. I like that aspect from Khaled, though, because you got to keep that. Really, what this comes down to is the 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 title of DJ has changed over time. The DJ t- title has changed. You know, it, it, it's more hats had to be worn for for a DJ throughout throughout history. You know, to me, I think DJ drama is the easily to me the most successful mixtape underground, truest sense in the word DJ. I'm talking about somebody who was affiliated with every possible rising artist who came up in the 2000s who was really about that mixtape game. They had a mixtape with DJ Drama at some point at some point in time, whether it was the Lil Wayne's, whether it was the Gucci Mans, whether it was the Jeezy's, whether it was the Waka Flockers, whether it was the T.I.'s, I mean, you. I mean, ludicrous. Name the name in the two thousands when when drama was the guy, and he was the person who was really hosting these mixtapes, which is what DJs were ultimately doing. You couldn't find nobody bigger than drama across the industry when it came to what a DJ traditionally was meant to be. I mean, I feel like you you can't find nobody bigger, bro. You couldn't find somebody more respected. I'm talking about respected and impactful in the sense I mean, of being impactful. a DJ. In the sense of being a DJ, yes, 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 yes. I mean, there was still, at the end of the day, like DJ Funk Flex. You know, what DJ Funk Flex was able to do in terms of getting these people to freestyle. What he's still doing today. Like, I he, think he that gets was, a lot of respect. But that he was a lot of respect. What he's doing is just as big as what drama was doing. What drama was doing was keeping the, ele- the street element. You know, I mean, because think about it like drama. Yeah. Yeah. Drama now is getting his flowers. But back then, drama wasn't getting his flowers like he he should have been getting his flowers. Like what we what we loved was the fact that Lil Wayne was coming out with a new mixtape. 
Bro, the dedication series. Easy. Yeah. The dedication but series would be nothing without him, drama. But people weren't giving him his you're saying that now. But people back in the day weren't giving him his flowers like he deserved. Yo, bro. Yo, but 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 this is not about back in the day. I'm talking about today. I mean, it's no different than Khaled. We're talking about Khaled. Mm-hmm. Khaled wasn't given the, fla- the the same way we talk about Khaled today. Khaled wasn't getting the respect on his first two albums when he dropped "Listen." He was putting out album. Nobody was respecting Khaled in the way that they talk about Khaled now. Of course, yeah, your career was, advances. That was Khaled's stuff. That was his solo stuff. Okay, like, Khaled always made it a mission to be like. You know, whatever I drop or attach my name to, I'm the star. Like, DJ Drama had these situations where it was like, yo, Jeezy's a star. But, like, I was the one that got Jeezy to do this mixtape. Because the one thing I loved about the mixtape album era, like, mixtape era, when it was at its highest peak, was you got a chance to get a new project from someone. Because it was, like, albums... Studio albums were divine back then. It was like people aren't just dropping studio albums. So mm-hmm. DJ Drama was that buffer between a studio album and nothing. <laughs> like well, we got well, a mixtape. Well, but let's also be honest. The the idea of a mixtape meant so much more back then. It, it it might as well have been an album for your person who it was, was trying to put out of, music. It was it was an album. It bro. was an album for a lot of those people. But it was like at the time those mixtapes, in my opinion. At the time, those mixtapes were just kind of like a way to market the artist even more from a yeah, but that, standpoint. Yeah, but I think though that that idea of what a mixtape used to be back in the like early days, it changed mm-hmm. during DJ Drama's run. The, oh, for the sure. mixtape sure. meant more during drama's dominance than what it meant back when 50 cent was putting out early mixtapes i'm talking about in the late 90s and all these other people putting out mixtapes i mean you think about it think about somebody like a fabulous to me fabulous's entire career not entire most of his career at least half of it is a direct result of his mixtape run and what he was able to do throughout his mixtapes Obviously, Fabulous had his whole run with commercial music, the you know the women for the, the the music for the ladies and stuff like that to make you better with Neo. We know he was about that life in, in what in that respect. But somebody like Fabulous wouldn't have the name he has without those mixtapes that he was dropping, hosted by DJ Drama in a lot of respects. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't respect Fabulous Kill on that level if it wasn't uh, all of them joints. Were, were, but, they were important, bro. They were important. But it's like, I don't want people to see, because I, I think the issue is DJ Drama is getting his flowers now. I go back to that. DJ Drama is getting his flowers now. At the time, it wasn't like that. It wasn't looked at as like, oh, yeah, 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 DJ Drama um, is is a, a, a mainstay. Because if you look at, if you look at let's say, uh, DJ Khaled, it's funny because I don't think there's who, who is there another DJ Khaled going on right now? Like You mean somebody else is usually being if a DJ? DJ? If they blew up and they're a DJ and they're doing solo stuff, is there a producer also? Like I know Khaled produces, but like that's not necessarily his main thing. Like a DJ Mustard. Like DJ Mustard, I think, is a DJ and he does some great productions and stuff. You know, but, t- you know, to me, to me, the way I look at it is uh 
I don't think there's a lot of people with the name with the word DJ in their name per se that are doing what Khaled does. However, there's people like Calvin Harris who oh, yeah. essentially yeah, he is DJ, a yeah. DJ Khaled. Yeah. Just yeah. without the name DJ in his name. Yeah, he does honestly. DJ. He does DJ. But you know, I think to me, DJ drama, he gets his flowers because he stayed true to himself. Like DJ whatever thing that says DJ drama, you're gonna get those yells, you're gonna get the ah like the, just the random comments. Like I was it's funny that you we, we talk about this. I was listening to a Lil Wayne album and he was like, This is the first mixtape you bumped with a black president. Like just random comments, you know. I think he gets an A plus when it comes to stuff like that. But you know, right, I do. I do a special. Let's not man. act like he was not. He was getting his flowers back then. People weren't giving him his flowers the way he 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 he's getting it now. You know, you're. I think I, I pay think attention now. But but I think um, when you say get flowers, like I think that's all relative. Like I don't. That's not important, dude. Gucci Man was not getting his flowers back then like that. Yeah. I mean, like, but 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 Gucci man, if you're anybody who knows about the the craft, you know about the genre, and you're not, you would be idiotic to deny Gucci man's impact, and you would be idiotic to deny his run that he was on. So it's not about what you were acknowledging at the time. It's about when their career is progressing like it has, and they're continuously still dropping, and they're continuously still a part of the quote unquote culture. At some point. We all got to look back and be like, yo, this person was a part of a really big movement that 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 should be more respected. Here's one thing I will say, though, before you go. One thing that's not debatable to me, we can talk all we want about comparisons and whatnot. I think that DJ Drama has been a better executive than DJ Khaled has been in terms of record label executive putting on other artists. That's not I exactly. Mean, he put on Jack Harlow, Uzi. There you go. I think Khaled. that's one thing that DJ Drama doesn't get enough credit for, even Khaled. even today. Khaled tried to put on Ace Hood. Ace Hood. That worked for a bit, but uh, he hasn't yeah. really successfully put out a whole another artist, bro. He hasn't yeah, done it. He hasn't. He hasn't put out. There was another. I think there's a reggae artist that he he had on his label. Um, Who Kent but, Jones? <laughs> Kent Jones. But I mean, I, I you know Movado. It's interesting. There's there's room for both, and I love that. There's room for both. Um, DJ Khaled, at the end of the day, is a superstar. Like he is a superstar. Like DJ Khaled is out of here. Like oh, he's you can argue, you can argue DJ Khaled, who Rick Ross and them was when I really started paying attention to DJ Khaled. Uh, you can argue he's bigger than Rick Ross. He he is bigger than Rick Ross, and so to 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 see that. It's really a big part of his personality. And so, you know, it's, it's cool. It's, it's dope. I mean, it, it lets you know you can be anything, but your personality is what really pushes you. Like, I mean, you can be a, 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 a freaking janitor, but if you got the personality, you can get a walk of fame. Hey, look, bro. Salute to, salute to DJ Khaled and, and the dramas. And I, I think that, they're the people that really are holding the DJ torch and they're really pushing it uh, to a whole nother level because, you know, I'm not about to go that deep because we about to move on to the next topic. But back in the day, the DJ was the star. It wasn't the rapper. 
<laughs> it was the DJ. In the early days of hip hop, the DJ was the man. The DJ, it was the rapper DJ, who was like the aside. Cool. You know what I'm saying? DJ, like, because I mean, the DJ got stuff hyped up. Like at the end of the day, and, that, and that's what wanna, I'm saying. So, at the and that's end what I'm of saying. The day, so we just want to yeah. be hyped up in life. We just want to be hyped up, and that's what DJs always do. That's what they do. But I just think that so, DJ Khaled and Drama—they're like last of dying breeds, man. They don't make yeah. DJs like them no more, dog. They don't. By the way. By the way, everybody wants to talk about, you know, with Wiz Khalifa. I don't know if you heard about that, but Wiz Khalifa, Wiz Khalifa, um, dropped. Uh oh, <laughs> I I I hear I hear dogs barking. This actually makes sense because I I got Uber Eats, but <laughs> DJ Khaled. Uh, uh, sorry, Wiz Khalifa. You heard about that story about Wiz Khalifa? Of course. At the DJs. Of course. Like to me, that was was man. I didn't like that at all. I like Wiz Khalifa. I didn't like that at all because it was like you're diminishing how important this you're you're belittling this DJ. But anyway. Wiz was wrong for that. He was wrong. To, shout out to the DJs. Next topic in the midst of barking dogs. This is the worst episode ever. Yo, this is bad. <laughs> this is really bad. It's so many it's so many interruptions, man. We about to Yo, I hope you guys enjoying this, man. Listen, we we got so many obstacles. You guys don't even you don't even know. You don't even this believe is it. A prime time episode. Let's do Next it. Next topic. Why is hip hop the only genre that highlights first week album sales? So, this is a topic that you put up, but you know, I, I, I definitely hear you on that. I definitely hear you on that because, you know, when I'm looking through Twitter, they're like, "Oh, this person only sold thirty thousand. Oh, this person only sold fifty thousand." But you don't really necessarily get that same energy with pop artists, country artists. Because other than – this can be a very ignorant comment I'm about to say. <laughs> other than your top billing pop artists or country artists, are these other people selling like that? Like, are they really selling like that? So when we pick on, you know – Somebody like a ski mask, the slump god, right? Ski mask, the slump god is looked at as like no offense to ski mask. I like ski mask a lot, but ski mask is looked at as like a D lister, C lister. Why do we pay attention to a D lister, C lister sells? Do we keep the same energy with D list, C list country music artists? Do we keep the same energy? C-list, D-list, R&B art. I mean, yeah, I'm throwing R&B in there. Do we keep the same energy with C-list, D-list pop artists? What you think? Yeah, man. I, you know, I brought this to you, man, and this was like really last minute. You know, it just hit me. I'm sitting back, and I'm just like, you know, I'm like, why do we even know how much Megan Thee Stallion sold first week? Why do we know how much the game sold first week? And then I was like, why do I never know anybody who's not black? I mean, I'm a I'm a go that route. And I, when I say black, I mean people who are who are are not affiliated with hip hop culture. That's how I word this. Because I'll throw in the weekend who obviously makes music for an international audience, right? 
I mean, you look at his last album, Dawn FM. I mean, the guy was experimenting in so many different ways. Like, we're talking electronic music. We're talking pop. We're talking R&B. The man did everything on that last album, you know, which I think was pretty average. But, you know, you and I will go back and forth at, at all times about that. It's besides the point, okay? It, it's not about how good the album was. What, it, what this is about is the fact that that album was internationally sounding, meaning people around the world can appreciate that project. But the weekend. Whether we like it or not, has one foot in hip-hop culture because that's where he started. That's where he started. And he still makes music with people. People, He's still affiliated with people like the Navs. You know, he's still affiliated with folks in, that, in, you know, in hip-hop culture. So I think that's how we know how much he sold when he was going back and forth with Gunna, if we guys remember that, back in the Push and P. Now, with, with the exception of The weekend. I, I find it really disturbing and, and just really interesting that we never know how much anyone sells first week. And it, and, it, and it made me think, like, why is that? Why is that never highlighted and put at the forefront? And my brain started going all types of different directions. So pardon me if uh, none of this sounds concrete. But, you know, I want to have a conversation with you. This is not about me feeling some way definitively or not. You know, because I want to bring something up that you and I, we, we talked about off, off, off the record, in the words of 50 Cent, a while, a while ago. This is, has nothing to do with this, but um, if, you, if you remember, Vince Staples did that interview with Complex, and uh, he was talking to Speedy Mormon, mm-hmm. and he was saying, yo, like, why did they call the rap game the game? Why did they call it that? Like why why why, they, why don't they call it the country game? Why, why don't they call it the R and B game? What why is it the rap game? Like and and I think that without getting too deep, because that's not actually what this is about. It's just the fact that like I think my my observation is correct. Like you guys, I'm pretty sure if you've if you've if you know what I'm talking about, you've seen this how it's not highlighted. But I do think though that hip hop artists are pitted against each other, and it's made to be this competition that the fans ultimately chime in on on social media i just find it really interesting that ariana grande can drop an album and nobody will hear a peep i find it really interesting that the legacy acts can drop music and nobody knows what they sell first week and the reason why i think it's not important and that's why i'm really going i don't think it's important what people sell first week ultimately it's not important because the music lives on way beyond the week i think that's obvious i think everybody knows that right like, it's not about what you do first week. And it's also, furthermore, the music is being used for more than just listening, right? In 2022, music is being licensed, right? They're putting music on soundtracks. They're putting music in commercials. They're putting music, they're, tying, they're doing uh, uh, influencer campaigns with other brand deals. And there's so many things that you can do with actual music these days that first week numbers are really not that important. And I think that's why you don't really hear it throughout the entire music industry. But when it comes to hip hop, it, it's become sort of like a game in a way, like to get fans excited. And I think that's a little weird and I think it's a little dangerous, man. Y'all should just simply pay attention. Let's not get caught up in first week numbers. They're not really that important. They don't, they don't judge how great music is. It's just not that important, guys. Q, what do you think? Am I crazy? Am I becoming too much of a conspiracy theorist? What, what are your thoughts on this? So you gave Uh-oh. the 
You Uh-oh. gave the in a perfect world answer. So I'm listening. I'm play. You know, from now on, we're going to call this show the ill-advised devil advocate. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to play devil's advocate just for today. You Let's know? do it. Let's I'm going to play it. devil's advocate in Let's this do it. scenario. Let's and do it. The real me is in between what you said and what I'm about to say. Hip-hop, at the end of the day, number one, number one, at the end of the day, we have to accept that numbers mean something. Can we please accept that? I'm tired of people saying age ain't nothing but a number. I'm tired of people saying, you know, oh, uh, album sales don't mean anything. Stream sales don't mean anything. They mean something. Numbers do not lie. Okay? So when an artist says, oh, uh, uh, if an artist sells, you know, less than 100K or whatever, whatever the hell that magic number is, that says something. It doesn't say that you suck. That's the thing. It doesn't say that you suck, but it says something. It might say that your music didn't resonate with people. It might mean that you, your marketing was off, or it might mean you're not as popular as you think you are. Numbers say something. So can we please stop with the whole numbers yeah. don't mean anything? I'm going to answer that question. Let me answer the question, if you okay. don't mind. Great. This is not a shot at you, by the way. But no, no, great. no. I know. I know. But I want to answer for me and the people. Okay. Well, however well, y'all want to answer that question, I think it's appropriate free. to answer that question. Feel free. You're right. Numbers mean something. What that mean, what that something is varies based varies. on who's based on who is presenting the numbers. That's what I would say. It varies. And you're 100% right. That's a, I'm glad you said that. Number two. Unfortunately. And like I said, I'm playing devil's advocate. Unfortunately, hip-hop is one of the only genres in which what they say, their lifestyle, and what they sell don't match. They just don't mm. match. Like, Ariana Grande is not over here talking about, I got Rolls Royces, I got Benzes, I got this, 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 I'm decked out, I'm the most popular, I'm the number one artist in the pop genre. She's not talking like that. So why bring up her numbers? It's not, it's, it's, it's relevant, but at the same time, she doesn't need to be demonized, she doesn't need to be insulted because she doesn't have the right numbers. But it's hip-hop artists that say stuff like, hell yeah, I got all this money. You know, I got all these followers. I got all these streams. I'm a rock star. You get that type of rhetoric from hip-hop artists. And what we do as audience is we try to find ways to, 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 to pretty much contradict what you're saying. So if you're saying like, yo, for instance, Tory Lanez, right? Tory Lanez came out and said, which I love Tory Lanez. Come on, man. I, 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 at the end of the day, I'm not trying to insult nobody. This is, has nothing to do with insulting anybody. But Tory Lanez, I don't know if you read that comment. He said he's been reaching out to, the, to Drake. I did see that. Weekend. I saw that. I saw that. And, and saw somebody that. actually, and he said he, he reached out to Drake in the weekend and they haven't responded. They don't want mm-hmm. to on a song with Over him. the years. Over the years. 
Somebody responded and said, why would you put that on the internet? That's embarrassing. <laughs> Tory Lanez responded and said, it's not embarrassing because I'm just as big as them or something like uh, along the lines of, he said, like, I'm a he said, I'm an incredible, he said, I'm an incredible, I'm an incredible artist, artist or whatever he said, yeah. Right? With such rhetoric, that's going to give somebody the, the fuel to want to validate that. It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, artists, hip-hop artists literally open up the floodgates for, like, fact-checking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, for instance, right, another, another comment that I heard. Fabio Foreign said, me and Jay-Z were the ones that brought back long verses. It's like, when you make a comment like that, you're opening up the floodgates for people to be like, okay, well, Fabio, how popular are you? Okay, what does your album sales look like? Okay, you're talking like you're on the same level as Jay-Z, but you only sold this. So you see what I'm saying? So I think hip-hop artists with their braggadocious demeanors and you know their braggadocious rhetoric open up the doors to be fact-checked. They open up the doors well, to have their numbers be looked at. You know, it's almost so, like, yeah. sorry, I'm going to say this real quick. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, remember when, you know, maybe you were in school and you talk too much. You know how, like, sometimes you can talk too much and then somebody starts to say, okay, well, let me actually look at your file. Or, you, you know, you start, you, there is a such thing as talking too much. It can get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, like, okay, you talk to the cops, right? <laughs> you know, if you get pulled over for DUI, right, and the cop asks you, how many drinks did you have? If you literally just be like, you know, um, I didn't have any drinks. Okay, I smell that on your breath. I didn't have any drinks, you know. But if you start to say, I went to a party, you know, I went to, you know, I, I had like one drink on my... Then you're literally opening up the floodgates for them to start looking deeper into your history, looking deeper into what you've done. You know what I'm saying? All right, All right. but here's the thing, so, though. Here, here's the thing, I feel though. Like Sorry, artists get in trouble doing that. I I'm with. I hear you. I I understand what you're saying. Another one. Sorry, I, 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 I say. Sorry, I, I just want to give. Go ahead. I, references. I, I want to give. Go ahead, please. I want. I want to get. I want to get my ish off in a Jay-Z few. Go ahead. On excuse me, Miss said, only dudes moving units and pimp juicing us. Jay Z said that from a competitive okay. standpoint. Only dudes moving units. Eminem, Nelly, and pimp juice and us. Rockefeller. Well then. That opens up the floodgates for somebody who 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 wants to do an investigation. Okay, how many is Jay Z actually selling more than Ludacris? Is Jay Z? Oh, actually, in actuality, DMX's album sold more than Ludacris. So, we if if we don't want that to be used against you, stop that type of rhetoric. Is me yeah. the devil's advocate. This is not question. <laughs> devil's, devil's devil's cute. All right, look, look. Here's the thing. You're I see what you're saying, and you make a good point. And that and that and that plays on kind of the point I'm making, which is like, you know, rappers historically have have made everything competition based. 
Everything is competition. Mm-hmm. Everything. I don't give a damn what it is. It can be about how much money you got. Did you have the best song? Soldier Boy over here talking about. I just heard. I just saw a report that says Soldier Boy. He said he created another thing. You want to know what he created now? He said I started the uh, the trend about big. You know, big Draco, big this. You know, how everyone's like, I'm big Lotto, I'm big this, I'm big yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I, he's I, right I, or wrong I anymore. But if he that. did it, great. But like the. This is the point. This is the problem with us, man. We we keep trying to freaking. It's a, it's a it's a who has the biggest dick convers, com, you know competition. It's a dick measuring competition. That's what hip hop has been. I'm not gonna act like that isn't a part of his uh, hip hop and and like I have a problem with that because I love it when people beef when we actually get rap beef and it's on record and nobody's dying. Everyone loves it when Pusha and Drake was going back and forth. Everyone loved it. Nobody was like, yo, these brothers need to stop. Oh. Uh, uh, someone's gonna die. Everyone was like, "Yo, this is amazing, bro. We love this. This but, is for the culture." Exactly. I understand the energy of competition in the genre, so an element of me understands it. However, I think it does a disservice to the genre when all we do is simply minimize and highlight how much someone did first week when no other genre does it. It's not important in the grand scheme of things. And and furthermore, when earlier when you said numbers don't lie, that's cap. They over here, yo, I saw, it's only been this year when this happened. This is the first year this has ever happened. And it started with the uh, Jack Harlow record that, that came out, that trash album, respectfully. That album was not good. He had a couple joints on there, but that album was not good overall. They projected how much the album was supposed to sell Two weeks in advance. They said, yo, I'm gonna I'm pausing on purpose. They said, yo, this album is supposed to do 175. Okay. That's the album the, is two weeks nothing, away. That has nothing to do with the numbers. That has to yo, do bro, with these people yo, projecting the numbers. Yo, yo but hear what me out. What did he actually but, sell? <laughs> but hear me out. My point is simple. The fact that they're projecting a hip hop a hip hop album is the point that I'm making. Nobody projects a pop album. You don't see it highlighted all over social media. It's not on Billboard. Nobody's talking about how much a freaking hip hop album is projected. Uh, sorry, pop album is projected. It it's not reported on. That's the point but, I'm making. But it's like how No, obviously the album never it didn't actually sell what it what it was projected, yeah. but that's besides the point. But you we 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 cry we we talk about how it doesn't happen in hip hop. Okay. Do you know how many people got wins because of that? Like we talk about the bad side. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When somebody projects bad or they didn't sell that well, but do you know how? Do you know how many more people probably bought the Carter Three because it said it sold seven hundred and thirty k or whatever in the first week? Do you know how many nah, people? Bro, like, oh, that- I got to listen to it now. Nah, Dude, bro, I mean, that shit we, did a milli. Didn't that do a milli first week? That's true. It did, it did do a milli. Do you know how many people, because it did a milli, was like, oh, I'm losing out. I'm one of the few people that didn't buy it. I got to go buy it now. So it was. It actually works a lot of times. It works. But we just complain about it when it doesn't work. We just complain I, about it when it's disappointing. But do you know how many people actually gain from that like for instance Pusha T 
I'll give you a, a direct example. I've always known Pooh I always knew the song about him and Lil Durk. I was like, yeah, you know, it's a dope song. Then I saw his projections for his album. He, I think he almost or did sell 100K. And I was like, oh, this is a serious artist. Like, this is somebody who, like, people are rocking with. So it works to people's advantage. But far too many times, it's really to point out, like, the disappointing artist also. So it's a system that's fair. I I just think it's marketing. It's become marketing and it's become manipulation. That's all it is. It's a marketing tactic. But it, it, but it's a marketing tactic. Mad at, it is what it is. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. I understand I'm highlighting, what you're saying, I'm highlighting but it is what the, it is. the inconsistencies across the music industry and in how this only gets highlighted in hip hop. You can, you don't have an answer for that. Nobody has an answer for that. I just told you. It, who is highlighting a, it? A real answer. I'm talking about one okay, that I actually makes sense in the grand because, scheme of things. Because at the end of the day, these people talk big talk. Eh, who cares? talk big talk, right? Who cares? It's they weird. talk big talk. It don't matter. Like, who cares? It, yeah, so... so so these pop artists, you, these pop artists don't talk big talk in their songs. You ever bro, heard a you ever heard a Demi Lovato bro, song? She be talking that shit. Bro, you ever heard Charlie XCX? Bro, X? bro she be bro, talking that shit. Bro, what are you talking about, bro? I get what bro, you're saying, but bro, that, I think that's an that's an excuse. Bro, it's it's just a it's just an excuse. I, listen, like I said, this is devil's advocate. This is not even me. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's possessed. This guy's possessed. This is devil's advocate talking because I agree, but. At the end of the day, it's like, yo, like, you put it, like, for instance, the game, right? The game was sitting here saying, you know, he has an album of the year. It's going to be the greatest album in the world. Wait till it comes out. That became, it made people curious to know how it was received. It made people curious to know how many records it sold. Like, it's just natural instincts. Yo, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you look, if you look. If you look at Yahoo Sports, they actually talk about um if you if you if you look at Yahoo Sports, they actually talk about uh uh attendance at arenas. And it's like it's it's up there. You can see it if you want to. And you know, attendance because MLB, let's see, now I'm going back to sports, because baseball is considered a dying sport. They bring up attendance. They're like, okay, this is a freaking measurement that we have to show you to prove a certain point. So with rappers, hip-hop artists, for the people that say that they're popping and they're one of the hottest artists out, we have a measurement to tell you whether you are or not. They're talking. They're, they're just decoding what people are saying in my opinion and i call it weird and i call it and i call it conveniently it's convenient that that that's what happens in in only only hip-hop it's just convenient man it's It's weird it's weird you're in these hip-hop these hip-hop conspiracy theorists it's not a conspiracy it's an observation that's what this is it's an observation maybe maybe you're just looking at hip-hop sites Have you Hip-hop looked at what? a pop site? Have you looked at a pop site and seen if they have the numbers, brother? Have you I look. At, what is a bro, pop I, site, by the way? What is a pop? 
<laughs> what is a pop site? Have you looked at you know, Paris Hilton? Perez Hilton? They don't report on music, at, sir. Have you looked at uh, <laughs> the 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 first week sales of Sean Mendez? You don't know because you're not actually looking for it. You're looking. I for do. It. I look. I'm on. Yo, I'm on social media. I'm looking at these. I, they never report on it. It's my point. They don't report on it. I know you're trolling right at this point. So I'm about to get up out of here. But I want to know what you guys think. Am I tripping? But I, I will say this though. Like I say, it's just an observation, man. Just an observation. You know, it's it's one of those things that uh you acknowledge is something that you notice as well. Hey, and uh you acknowledge that uh you're playing devil's advocate. I told you about playing devil, man. Get get you need to find God. God hey, did. Listen. Hey, listen, God listen. did. Whatever you say, goon. This guy looks like a criminal. Uh a sophisticated criminal though. Like a Yo, criminal. When the last that... time you saw a criminal with glasses on? Tell me <laughs> tell me that. What? I can't uh, what, what, name one. Name one. Uh, let me think about this. A criminal with glasses. That's true. What's a criminal with glasses? Kingpin? <laughs> Who? Wait, Dr. what? Dr. Robotnik? All right, Kingpin? bro. You just, you just naming people that, that, that were not drug lords. Wait, didn't Kingpin have glasses? You know Kingpin, right? From Marvel Comics? Yeah, of course, of course. I don't glasses, think he right? did, did he? I don't I've think so, I've never seen man. Kingpin. I've never seen Kingpin put his hands on anybody. Yo, brother, man, we are That's we are boss. yapping. We are yapping. Listen, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This has been dope. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're um we're almost at 300 subscribers. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Help us get to 300 subscribers. You feel me? Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe a, button. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to create a bot to get that 300. <laughs> Nah, we almost there, man. We almost there, man. The old me. We are almost. Yeah, that's illegal, sir. Don't do that, (laughs) please. Uh, Look, man. Anyway, let's get up out of here, man. Uh, I think this has been cool. We just yapped a little bit. It's cool, though, man. Shit happens. It it, it happens. It happens, guys. (laughs) As always, if you are giving advice, just make sure it's ill. That's all I ask. Yes, sir.